And we are live. JT here. Welcome to the huddle. The huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I want to take a moment to thank you. Whether you are tuning in live as you stream into our Facebook community, whether you are watching the replay on YouTube or on Facebook, or whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast, thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And here is a reminder that I always share with you. The mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's wide open. So my challenge to you is to go all in on this conversation. Get rid of the distractions. And I guarantee you, you will gain a valuable nugget of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sports, but in the game of life. I've been looking forward to my conversation with my special guest today. Uh, we connected I think back in the fall. I don't know where time has gone. And I've just always, you know, been observing his journey, you know, over the last just under 10 years. And it's been really awesome just to see how he's grown and evolved and how he's ventured down his journey to greatness. Uh, currently, he is a multi-passionate person, right? He's in law school. He's also a wide receiver with Edmonton Elks in the Canadian Football League. My guest in the huddle today is Chris Osei-Kusi. How are you today, brother? I'm great, JT. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, it's all good, brother. Um, one thing, Chris, before we get started is one of my daily practices is to remind myself to always count my blessings. It just feels better. And one of the biggest blessings I know we can give anyone is our time and energy. So again, I just want to thank you so much for giving me some of your time and energy and sharing your journey to greatness with me and our community today. So thanks. Thank you again, brother. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Okay. So we'll get kicked off, pun intended. So I had a coaching colleague that once said, we all have our quirks, right? We all have our things. We all have those things that make us unique and, and different. And one thing I always remind myself is that life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. So I'm curious from you, Chris, what is an interesting fact? As I said, my coaching colleague said, we all have our quirks that maybe a lot of people don't know about you that you'd be open to sharing with our community today. Um, an interesting fact that a lot of people don't know about me. Um, I think well, something that maybe people wouldn't guess will be that I'm a big nature guy. Like I really enjoy kind of um, being in nature. So whether that is like a body of water, whether that's in the forest, walking around, doing a hike, like I found myself, especially late and I think it kind of started with COVID, right? When there was really wasn't much else to do. I think that's kind of where it started. And as I started like going for walks or just being a little bit more ingrained with nature, I almost felt like an increase in my mental, right? Like an increase in my energy an increase in my overall body positivity. And I think I just kind of like kept that feeling with me and harnessed it. So now one thing I'll do if I'm like feeling stressed, or even if I'm not, 
I would literally just go like walk by a body of water, walk through a forest and just kind of like sit in nature and just kind of enjoy that. Like no music or anything, just like enjoy the sounds of the birds. And I know it sounds kind of quirky from the outside looking in, but something I started uh, a little bit during COVID and I've enjoyed it ever since. Nice. I love that. And what I really heard from you is like, keep it simple, simple. Like it sounds like just getting out in nature, no distractions, not listening to anything. It just, it's like centering. It's very harmonizing. It, it brings you a sense of peace. 100%. I think nowadays with society, right? Like it's always go, 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 go. And I think COVID was one of the first times where people really got to like take a step back. And a lot of people attribute um, COVID to like getting closer to their family or taking that time to finally learn that skill that they always wanted to going on YouTube, love figuring out how to edit, how to do a podcast, how to invest in stocks, whatever it was. And I think that was the time in which society kind of slowed down a little bit. Right. And I think sometimes people get lost in like the go, 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 like the hustle and the bustle that you almost forget to take a step back, kind of compose yourself, make sure you're centered and just keep it simple, you know, take yourself out from the madness for a little bit. Yeah. And try to recompose right and for me like i i love that feeling so definitely something i want to keep with me going forward i love that i love that reminder about the power of being right right okay so i'm curious chris you know sport obviously has played an important role for you in your life before we jumped on i was sharing with you a memory i had of the first time where i was trying to coach against you and i was doing my best to prepare our DBs to, to, <laughs> to minimize the damage you had on field. Uh, so obviously sport has played an important role for you in your life, right? You, you've taken it to the highest level for yourself. So I'm curious, what is a lesson that you've taken away from sport that you still find yourself applying to your life today? Yeah, absolutely. And to say sports has been a significant part of my life is almost an understatement, right? And I feel that way simply because I don't think I would be where I am today without sports. And <clears throat> I say that because it taught me so many things. Like you asked for one lesson, like so many things pop in my head, whether it's like the discipline or the time management or the confidence or just being able to adapt to new situations. Like there's so many lessons that I took for, from sport that apply all over, right? And I, I mentioned the discipline. Like I think being a disciplined person affects your life in so many different facets, right? And we talk about sport, but you can talk about in the classroom, right? We can talk about um, in the work environment, like your employer is gonna want a disciplined person, right? They want someone who's kind of intrinsically motivated, someone who's gonna be able to get to the finish line without constantly being reminded, right? Mm -hmm. And with sport, one thing that like I love about sport is that it's one of the greatest meritocracies there is, right? For the most part, the best player plays, right? And because you know that, what are you going to do to make yourself the best player so that you're playing? And practice is an hour, two hours. You know, back when I was playing for Bulldog, I practice twice a week. Um, at Queens, of course, like we started practicing every day. But the, the purpose of all of that is that it's a very finite amount of time, right? And then when there's an offseason, the offseason, especially in football, is much larger than the actual season. So during those periods of time when you're not forced to practice or practice are mandatory, what else are you doing to ensure that you can put yourself in a situation and we can benefit from this meritocracy, right? And I think that's something that sport taught me. Like, yeah, maybe you work a nine to five, but what can I do outside of this nine to five? So when I'm working this nine to five, I'm better than everybody else, right? And I think that's kind of how you um, increase your, your, your positioning of value, whether that be like up the ladder or in terms of whatever it is that you're looking for. But I think that meritocracy aspect and kind of 
extracting that from sport and applying it to my life, whether it be school, work, in the community, whatever else, I think it's been very beneficial. I love that. And, and I love how you're sharing, you know, the word discipline and, and why it resonates with me. It's interesting because I think the word discipline sometimes has a negative connotation, right? Like people think discipline. Now, I'm a firm believer. It, it's what we've been brought up to believe discipline is. But what I really heard from you, it's, it's like taking responsibility that right. what happens moving forward is in my control. You know, what, what can I actually control? So I'm curious, like that level of personal responsibility, is that something that you've always understood or is that something that a, a great coach or mentor or maybe your parents taught you? Like, yeah, where, where did that lesson come from? Yeah, honestly, I think kind of a combination of all three, right? Yeah. Cultures, mentors, parents. And I think for me, like one thing that was difficult is of course, like discipline and preaching discipline, um, is like sometimes it's easy to do when you can kind of control um, like the, your individual aspect. But I think for me, what made it so hard is like I could control, especially as a receiver position is actually a perfect example, but you can control only up to so much, right? And then eventually like you can't really control the outcome. And for me, like, although I used to think at the time that discipline was like, you put all this work in, this is supposed to happen. It almost has to happen because I just spent all this time doing this. So like, this is supposed to come for me, right? Like that's kind of A um, plus B, like it should equal C, right? And I think what I had to learn was like, discipline is like controlling what I can control, you know? And I, I think for me, like when that switch kind of flipped and I was like, yeah, like I can be disciplined in my lifts. I can be disciplined in my yoga. I can be disciplined in getting on the field. I can be disciplined with my schooling. But beyond that, I can't control it, right? And before, and I mentioned like playing the receiver position, like playing receiver and even playing football, really, unless you're the quarterback for the most part, but you're like, you're just 112, right? You're 112 of what's going on on the field. So because of that, like you almost have to depend on everybody else on the field. So you could get all your lifts in, you could never miss a workout, you could do whatever else. But if, if um, nobody else is, or you don't feel as if other people are bringing up that same level of discipline, it's going to affect you, right? It's going to affect the outcome. Does that mean you should change what you do in your preparation? No, right? Because again, you can control what you control, but learning how to kind of understand that the outcome isn't controllable, but everything that you put into it, the process is controllable. I think that's what definitely helped me. And I, and I, again, I love the simplicity of what you're sharing there, Chris. And, and what it just reminded me again is, is high performers, right? People who, who can perform, you know, day in, day out, they have this fine harmony between being goal oriented and process driven, right? Because that's actually what you can do. Right. And, and what came up for me as you were sharing, it reminded me that the only thing you can really control. And I think back to some of the lessons I've learned from great mentors is you can control your next thought, right? And if you have a great thought, then that's what actually starts to, you know, create change, better results. So I love that, brother. I love the simplicity. Exactly, exactly. And even on that, like it, it's definitely easier said than done, right? <laughs> to, to try to get to your next thought. Like I'm sure you ask any like professional athlete, whether it be basketball, tennis, football, soccer, they miss that, uh, they miss that serve or they miss that shot or they drop a ball. Like, it's a lot easier said than done to be like, all right, done. Like, it doesn't affect me. Next play. 
But I think, like you said, if you ask me, like, top performer, that's almost a prerequisite, right? If you want to get to that next level, you can't bring that baggage with you, right? And it's a process. And again, easier said than done. So I don't want to talk yeah. about it like it's a small thing because it's even for me something that I'm still working on myself. But definitely, right, in terms of like progressing, you kind of have to leave that in the rear view to kind of move forward. Mm, I love that. Again, reminder like, you hear that athlete mindset coming out, right? It's like, it's reps, <laughs> right? It's a daily practice. Okay. So, so I'm curious, again, one of the things that's drawn me about you, even observing from afar is just how multi-passionate you are, right? Again, you're this professional athlete, and you're also going to law school. So I'm curious, like, what has it been like, because I feel like one thing doesn't define who you are, like you, you very understand, like, this is what's on my heart, this is who I am, and you're constantly growing. What has it been like, sort of like carving out your own journey and not allowing other people's definitions of you to sort of hold you back? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good question because it's kind of very based on where I was age-wise, right? And I think, because I wasn't always this way. Like, I, I wasn't always um, just kind of having multifaceted passions or focusing on different areas. Like, for a long time, almost like going into Queens, I was very, like, football oriented right I'm gonna like take care of football do the best I can do with football and then kind of see where the cards fall after that and I think as I started to get older and as I started to progress I just realized like there's so many other things that I'm interested in and as I was taking courses I remember I was like I was a politics major um at Queens and I remember sitting in class and being like huh this is actually kind of interesting you know what I mean like maybe I can be interested in a multi, it doesn't affect my performance on the field. Like it's okay for me to be interested in something that isn't sport. And I remember like going to like Queens model parliament one year, uh, which essentially like we all dress up as like delegates of the house of Commons, And we actually go to Ottawa and sit in the seats and do the whole thing. And I remember like putting on my suit and walking to the house coming and I was like, I can get used to this. You know what I mean? And I think from that point on, like I was almost, relishing the opportunity to try new things right putting myself in a position to feel some something different and this uh, a, a drake quote that i kind of passed in my head is like when's the last time you did something for the first time you know what i mean and i think for me like when i heard that i was like man it's true like it's so easy to kind of get comfortable in a sense and like be the football player right and not necessarily the guy who plays football but you're the football player and i think those are very two very important distinctions but uh i, I think for me, i don't know if there was like any aha moment in which i was like i want to kind of go into multiple things i think it was just not being afraid to try right being comfortable with the uncomfortable putting myself in positions to live new experiences and as i've done that i've always benefited from it right for the most part so why would i stop and for me, whether it was pro football, whether it was law school, whether it was getting involved in the community, whether it was picking up a new job, like those are all things that add value to my life. So if I could add value to my life, why wouldn't I, right? And that's kind of the mindset that I adopted. And I think it's worked out pretty well so far. Love it. I love it. What, what, again, I heard back is like when we first hopped on here, I said, you know, the mind's like a parachute works best when it's wide open. So it sounds like at some point there was this moment, like sitting in that politics class where you just, your mind became open to new thoughts, new ideas, new ways of thinking. And from that, that sparked this idea of immersing yourself in new lived experience, getting your hands on, right? Experiential learning. And from that, it shaped your perspective of the world and, and in a sense made you, a more well-rounded person. 
Exactly, 100%. And it's actually like, I'll tell you a funny story. And yeah. I say this to say like, sometimes I almost forget like that when like when I'm in Edmonton, like playing football, I almost forget that I'm a lost kid. When I'm in Windsor, like being lost, I almost like, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. like separated those identities so much so that I remember one time uh, me and my friends uh, in Edmonton were out to breakfast and we're kind of like talking about like what we want to do like after football, like just like a very like casual conversation. I think it's game day, you know what I mean? We're just kind of talking about this. And I'm like, we're just going around talking about it. Uh, one of my friends is like, yeah, his sister's actually a lawyer, blah, blah. And I was like, that's dope. And I was like, yeah, like I like down the line, like, I'm going to want to be a lawyer, whatever. They're like, lawyer, so like, what do you think about going to law school? And I was like, like, I'm in law school. You know what I mean? And my friend is like, you're in law school? Man, I never hear you talk about school. I never hear you talk about, man, this, this is so hard. Nothing. Like, what do you mean you're in law school? And I remember we all just started like laughing at that moment. And then at that time, I was like, man, like, it's actually very true. Like, when I'm kind of like intertwined in this football world, I don't really like talk much about law school, right? But when I'm at law school, I don't really, or at least I try not to. Sometimes yeah. it's inevitable, but I don't really talk much about football, right? And yeah. I think that kind of goes to show you, like, you can be multifaceted and matter and in so many different realms, and that's okay, right? And I think sometimes, especially athletes, sometimes they feel like they have to be like fully immersed in their sport, otherwise, like they're not taking it seriously. But I, I think guys like LeBron, who is like almost famous for like the moniker of like more than an athlete, and before LeBron was like the exception and not the rule, right? In which everybody felt like, whoa, LeBron's doing like more than just basketball. And I think nowadays that's kind of the norm, right? You think of Kevin Durant, you think of all these other guys who are like, not only are they doing basketball, Draymond Green, who's like an active player who's also running a podcast. Yeah. So it's like, you can be great at, at a multitude of things and it doesn't mean you're necessarily taking away from the other. It's that you have a variety of passions and you want to explore that. So I've, that's mm -hmm. always like a funny story to me that kind of like pinpoints that like, yeah, you can be different people essentially, but that still comes together and makes one person. It all makes Crystal Sikusi. Yeah. And it, I, again, I love just the simplicity of what your message is. You can definitely tell like the joy of your life. Like I can see it. I can feel your energy. Like you can tell you have this passion and joy of life. And what I really heard from you there again was, you know, I, an athlete is part of who you are, right? You know, the lawsuit, that's part of who you are. Same as if like part of, you know, being a son, right? And, and, and it's interesting how when you really take that sort of global perspective, right? It's, it just, life just feels different. It feels a little bit lighter. So I'm curious here, as your mind became more open to new ways of thinking and being, I'm curious, did you notice, you know, what happened on field? You as an athlete, did you notice, you know, did anything change how you viewed sport or, you know, what you were able to achieve on the field? Yeah, 100%. I think one thing that I noticed for real is like, I have a tendency to, I guess, get like really anxious, right? Like before games. And I put like a lot of pressure on myself to like want to perform well. And I think for a lot of that time, it's because I almost felt like this was all I had, right? So if I didn't perform well, um, it would affect like my emotional state. And it still, of course, does. But I think now I'm able to at least play a little bit more relaxed. Right. And they always say like at the highest level of any like mastery in a sense, not that I've mastered football on any mean, but the highest level that like, you almost want to feel like you're relaxed. Right. And I think that's when you're going to put out your best performance. And I think being able to 
kind of expand who I am as a person, whether that's even just reading books, right? Reading books outside of football and recognizing that, like, of course, there's like football is a huge part of my life, but there's also more to it, right? It allowed me to be a little bit more relaxed on the field, right? In which yeah. every little thing doesn't feel like it's the end of the world. It's like, okay, I messed up here. How, what can I do to get better, right? And I think adopting that perspective as opposed to, damn, I messed up here. Uh, I, I'm, I, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Like, I, I kind of put myself in a frenzy and now it's affecting my next play, right? And we talked earlier about what can we do to kind of put that in the rear view and move on to the next play. Me kind of expanding who I was as a person helped me with that, right? It helped me be a little bit more relaxed in the field. It helped me be able to kind of turn the page and move on to the next play a little bit more because that's something I'm able to do off the field. Why wouldn't I be able to do on the field, right? So definitely in terms of uh, playing in a more relaxed state, it's definitely benefited me that interesting how what I really heard from you again we were talking and, and you, you shared the word confidence before we came on right and and it's interesting right because I think especially around you know alpha the, the alpha world of sports right you know calm confidence is things that you know everyone you know gives off the butt says that they're calm and confident but really calm and confidence it's easy to be calm and confident when things are going well right when you're up by 14 you've made five catches there but you know can you be calm and confident when you're down by 14, when maybe you've dropped your last five passes, right? Giving a wide receiver analogy. So I, I'm always sort of fascinated that way. So I'm curious with you, confidence obviously has been an important thing that you've strengthened and developed. What has been your experience um, with how you actually go about becoming more confident, embodying more confident, whether it's in sport, whether it's law school or just in the game of life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think confidence is such a tricky thing, right? Because exactly like what you said, like when you're up 14 and you're having a great game, like at that point, like it's easy to be confident, right? But when you've like faced adversity and everybody around you is telling you um, how, how poorly you're doing and you kind of have to look in the mirror and kind of like reinstill that confidence in you, like that's when it becomes like very, very difficult, right? And I think for me, like and we talked about a bit earlier, but it's kind of like going through those obstacles, right? You almost have to like go through those obstacles, kind of persevere. And then what's left from it when you get back up is the confidence because you've been through some difficult times, right? And any football player will tell you like training camp is a battle of perseverance, right? Like it's up and down, it's long days, very regimented days. And you almost there's good, like, it's almost inevitable to have a bad day. Like, I, it's almost inevitable. So when that happens, how do you bounce back the next day, right? Because as the coaches, if you let one day turn into three bad days to five bad days, they only have a short amount of time to evaluate you, right? So if you allow that to kind of plow over from day to day, it's probably not going to end up well for you, right? So can you kind of leave it in your back pocket or leave it in the rear view and move on? And I think confidence is a big part of that. You go through the obstacles, you understand and recognize that maybe you're not doing the best or there's something that you got to implement to do better. And you persevere through those difficult times. So like you said, if you're down 14, you drop a couple of balls, whatever, you persevere through the difficult times. And then you get to the third step, which is confidence, right? And that's because you can always kind of look back and be like, yeah, it's bad right now. But I remember when I dropped five balls in a row and then I bounced back and had this the next game. You know what I mean? So because of that, it's always in the back of your mind that, you've persevered through more difficult times, I can still be confident because I know what can come up on the other side of this. So definitely a process. And again, I want to emphasize a very, very tricky thing because 
by no means am I always confident for everything that I'm doing, right? It's a process. And I want to emphasize that because it really is a process. Like confidence is kind of an up and down thing sometimes, but the people who are most relaxed and have the most confident usually perform the best on the field, right? Because they had to have that belief in themselves so much so that no fan that's screaming about their sister or their girlfriend or whatever else is going to be able to affect their performance on the field because they're just so confident in their abilities. No play that maybe they had a bad play, a quarterback that was an interception, a very confident quarterback is going to come into the huddle and say, that one's on me, not going to happen again, let's roll. And as anybody else that's in the huddle, you're like, oh, damn, well, if he's so sure that they're going to roll and next play is going to be better, I'm sure now too, right? And it's a tricky thing for sure, especially in the world of professional sports, but something that you almost need to kind of uh, implement that success. It was interesting, like hearing you and what I really heard from you again was that discipline of mind, right? Is that you choose to reframe. So it's real easy to get caught up. I call that from my background education, that's report card syndrome, right? Where you get stuck in you're sort of playing your highlight reel of like all the things that didn't work out where it sounds like you kind of have this mental process where you reframe and you look at, you remind yourself of a time where you actually did perform, right? So you, you almost put that back on the screen of your mind. Now I'm curious, is that something that you consciously do, or is that just, you know, reps and sets and you've just learned that over your time as an athlete? So both, right? It was something that I definitely had to learn because I, again, like I, I like wear my heart on the sleeve on, on, on the field, right? Like if I have a play in which I think I could have done better at, you'll, and something I'm working on, of course, yeah. but you'll see it in my body language. Like I'm like, damn, like, and like it, it almost, it, it, it was at a point where it was affecting my next play, right? Because it's, I had the expectations for myself on the field and off the field are so high that if I feel like I don't meet them, it kills me, right? It really does kill me inside. And I almost have to learn uh, to kind of move on. And same, like, which that was like the uh, the, the subconscious aspect. In, in terms of like the conscious aspect, like training camp, whatever, you would have a bad day or maybe you weren't feeling as confident. There'd be times where I would literally like go and like pull up film, right? Like go like pull up a highlight tape and like watch just to, like remind myself like, no, like I'm still this guy. You know what I mean? Like this is still yeah. stuff I can do. I had a bad day, but like, this is a much larger representation of me than that is. And if you keep allowing yourself to play the low lights over and over and over again, like what you think is what you become, right? If you, if that's who you think you are, that's who you will be. So why not kind of pivot and think of that from a more positive perspective, right? If I watch this tape or if I have a good play and I watch that and I instill that confidence myself, what I think is what I become, right? So now I think I'm this superior player and now I go become that superior player. I love that. I love that. Again, the reminder that thoughts become things, right? And I know for some people, that's a bit of a stretch, but it's actually science, right? It's the law of perpetual transmutation if we're getting all scientific there. <laughs> and I really love it because what I heard from you again is this idea that confidence, there's two kinds of confidence, right? There's, the, there's that false confidence where it's like sort of that fake it till you make it mentality. And I'm, I've, again, from my lived experience here, that gets exposed, that gets exposed when things aren't going well. Like you can see it in people's energy, right? From giving a sports analogy, so the chins on the chest and, you know, heads down, all that. But what I heard you talk about again is earned confidence. And there's only one way to earn confidence is, is and I know I'm sort of preaching a choir here. It's, it's only through consistent and focused reps and sets. Right? That, that's the only way. That's the only way. 
Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and that consistency, right? If you, every day you can remind yourself that I literally trained every single day and I caught a hundred balls every single day. If I get to a training camp and I drop one ball, I've, I've already caught a hundred thousand balls over the off season. Right. So me <laughs> dropping one ball doesn't define who I am because I've literally caught a hundred thousand. So I think kind of keeping that in your mind, like you said, consistent reps and making sure that that confidence is earned, right? Like what did you do in the off season so that when you get the cap, you're like, yeah, I messed up that play, but I'm so used to doing this that I already know the next play is going to go better. So many good things here. I love it. I love just the simple process. I love the way you're able to think outside the box. And um, I was chatting with one of my coaching clients yesterday and I, and you know, there's a bit of a mental block there. And I just asked him, you know, would you like me to be honest or would you want me to sugarcoat it? He says, no, be honest. I said, release the illusion of perfection. Like you're never going to get it right. hundred percent of the time, let it go embrace imperfection. And that's what I'm really hearing from you, right? Yeah. You're going to drop a ball here and there. Not that you want to expect it, but it's going to happen from time to time, but you get to focus on what happens the next time that ball is thrown your way. It's 100%, right? And then this is saying like, it's progress, not perfection. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think even again, and I keep using myself as the example because <laughs> <laughs> for me, it really was like an up and down process. And yeah. again, I think for most athletes, right, who kind of want to get to that next level, want to be the best version of them, you hold yourself to such a high expectation that it, if it's not perfection, it's damn near, right? Like it's mm -hmm. very, very close to perfection. And I think when you fall short of that, it almost feels like you let people down, right? Not only the people around you, not only the fan base, the community, but also yourself. And I think for me, again, that was a process, right? In terms of um, focusing on the progress, not necessarily the perfection because perfection it's an unattainable goal right and of course reach for as much as you can because even if you're if you fall just short of perfection i'm sure you'll be pretty happy with where you land but but the perfection itself is unattainable so what focus on the progress folks only control and live with the results mm. and and it's so fitting that you're sharing this and I love that like I'm learning as much from you and like my mind is completely blown Chris it just reminded me like this illusion of perfection because one thing people often ask me like are you always so positive no just ask my wife she'll my kids like they see that right like this morning I was having I, I was holding on to something that happened yesterday and I was aware and then I went to my rituals I, I know what consistently writing for me allows me to process and it was funny that I still have those moments of, of feelings of frustration, anger, disappointment, but what I'm better at now is letting it go. Right. And I remember I just took a few minutes just to write out what I do want focus on what has, what I've created in the past. And that allowed me to focus on the next play. So again, I love how you're reminding people, this is a practice you don't get it right. hundred percent of the time, you know, it's ebbs and flows. 100%. And even like what you said in terms of 100%, like even 100% of the scientists in the world don't agree that gravity is a real thing. You know what I mean? So if 100% of the scientists in the world don't believe that gravity is a real thing, yeah. how can you expect that a thousand times out of a thousand times you're going to be able to achieve perfection? Like it should, again, yeah. it's an unrealistic goal. And if that is the end goal, you're, un you're unlikely to be satisfied with the result. If you can come as close as possible, you're more likely to be satisfied. So 100%. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. So, so I'm curious, what, uh, 
what has been the biggest challenge, right? Like you talked about how, you know, you have this pro athlete, right? You're doing the pro athlete thing. You're doing the law school thing and you've learned how to create silos, right? Like when I'm here, I'm doing, I'm all in here. Like what has been the biggest challenge? Because you seem like someone who's got great energy. Like you got enthusiasm, you got a passion about life. What is, what is an area that you've really had to consciously work on? Um, I think to be honest with you, like you mentioned, like all these things that I was doing, it's only 24 hours of the day. And sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I wish there could be 30, 35. Uh, but I think what comes with like me personally, I feel like I train like every day. Right. And just because I'm a law student, I don't allow that to like affect my training. Right. Because I still have to feel prepared to have that earned confidence going into football. Uh, me being a professional athlete, when it's time to do an exam, they don't care. I'm <laughs> a professional athlete, right? So because mm -hmm. of that, I have to make sure I prepare to also uh, be ready to write my exam or write my papers or whatever not. So I think like I've had to almost like sacrifice for the most part, like a lot of the like, social aspect of my life, like, mm -hmm. right? Like whether that's like catching up with old friends and there's so many times where I, now it's, I'm more comfortable with it now, but I'm the type of friend where we're not gonna necessarily talk every day, right? Maybe not even every week, but if you need me, you know I'm going to be there for you, right? I'm more of like a dependent friend. Mm -hmm. And I think like at times, and you'll see like whatever, like people like going out or whatever, and then like that sense of FOMO in a sense. But for me, like that's kind of been the thing that I've had to sacrifice. And especially when I was at Queens, right? And Queens sometimes gets the reputation of being a bit of a party school. But when I was at Queens, of course, there'd be times I would be social, whatever else. But especially my fourth year, when I knew I wanted to be a professional athlete, I knew I wanted to go to law school, I knew I had to get my grades up. There really wasn't like time for anything else so much. So I would like sometimes get home from practice, lay down on my bed and I'd be like, ah, I feel like I should be doing something. And I'm, I'm up, right? I got to get back up to do something. So mm -hmm. I guess what I would what I would have sacrificed is a lot of like the social aspect, right? And some of those like mm -hmm. friendships in a sense to make sure that um, I'm able to exceed in other areas of my life. And I think, yeah, at times, especially in the off season, like then you can of course have to live that social life come up a little bit more, but I've realized you can't have everything at once, right? So because of that, like pick the things that you need to focus on at the moment, <clears throat> do those things to the best of your ability. And if you're getting proper output, I think that helps with your energy and your enthusiasm. I don't feel like I'm selling myself short in the football world. I don't feel like I'm selling myself short in the law world. So because of that, I guess that makes me a little bit more enthused about what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis. What I really heard from you there was that idea of you're, you're being clear with what's on your heart, with what's important to you, right? Like what? Okay. So it, it's interesting how it's so easy to allow other people to tell us what should be important. And I often say like, everyone needs that reminder sometimes to stop shooting on themselves. And, and we just need to get, again, be clear on what's important to you. What is on your heart? And then just do whatever it takes to get you to where you want to go. Exactly. Exactly. And I think even on that note, people are always going to have their perspectives, right? Whether you like it or not, whether you're the loudest guy in the room or the quietest guy in the room, people are always going to have their perspectives about you, have their opinions about you. Does that affect how you live? Right. And again, I, I'm saying this stuff now kind of from like the other side of it, but I was a person who when the people's opinions like they really really matter to me you know what i mean and if one person out of a hundred let's say maybe saw this about me i'm like man i would do 
like I'm always forgetting about the 99. And I, I think as time went on, I kind of focused on like just being the best version of me, right? Because if I'm the best version of me, regardless of what anyone else says, if they say, you know, Chris is an asshole at practice because like he goes hard or this or that, if, if, the, if the worst thing you could say about me is that I go too hard at practice, I can live with that. You know what I mean? Like I can genuinely live with that because for me, me going hard at practice is me trying to become the best version of me. So am I going to sacrifice me becoming the best version of me to appease other people? That's just not something I'd be comfortable with. Right. So understanding that there's going to be things that you do, that's going to, I guess, rub people the wrong way. Yeah. Are you going to be able to live with that? Right. And for me in the situation I just mentioned, the answer is always yes. Yeah. I love your use of language like you use powerful words like I, I and I want to acknowledge you for that I love I love how you said I used to be the type of person that right you disassociate and and it's so interesting like just hearing you provide that reminder that other people's opinions of you are none of your concern and it's interesting when we give ourselves that permission and that reminder of how much lighter life can feel because Again, it's you are pursuing what's on your heart and you're living truly a life of freedom. And, and what I would love to piggyback on that is it's understanding this is something that since leaving teaching and doing work on myself, really going within, I've learned that, hey, we all have this side of us. We've been conditioned. We've been programmed to seek out the approval of other people. It's like a protective mechanism, right? Like when we were cavemen and cave women, if we were you know ostracized by the group, that impacted our ability to survive. But when you understand that, hey, there's this part of this, we all have this people pleasing part of us, that is what it is, but you don't have to feed that, right? You can choose to just, again, pursue what's on your heart. So I love everything you're sharing, brother. I can tell you study the mind. I can see why you chose law school. <laughs> so, so I'm curious, Chris, one of the, one of my biggest purposes in life is to stretch people. It's to challenge old ways of thinking. It's really just to remind people to, to go all, to show what's possible when they go all in, when they truly bet on themselves. So I, I, can I have a fun question? Could I ask you a fun question? Yeah, sure. Okay. You have King Midas's touch. Everything you touch turns to gold, time, money, not an issue. What would you like to see yourself be in one year, two years, five years, 10 years? Like, I, I would love to, I don't know, see where your imagination takes you. Yeah, that's a very, very tough question. And okay. I think for me, like, what I've done almost is like thinking like three year intervals, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I've done that almost because I could kind of like, in three years from now, I can almost see where my life is going to be three years from now, right? But when it comes to like 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, I always, like I've talked about before, like I always love to keep myself open to new experiences that it's almost hard for me to be like in 10 years, this is what I'm going to be doing. So like, would it be great if one day I can intertwine my passions of sport and law and maybe be like work in a front office or maybe be the commissioner of the league mm -hmm. one day? Like if I could do that someday down the line and someday far down the line and connect those passions that would be great right and i think that's something that i would be extremely passionate about something that i would be able to kind of harness the two things that i've learned in sport and in law and kind of benefit 
the masses in a sense. So yeah. would that be something I pursue 100%? Do I know what that looks like? No. Do I know if that's always, if that's necessarily the end goal per se? No, not really. But I think <laughs> like in terms of like, again, intertwining and combining those passions, I think yeah. that'd be an amazing thing. I love that simplicity there. I, you know what, what I really heard from you again, that openness to the how, right? The other thing I really loved about your answer was you were thinking in terms of could, of possibility. Like what if I could combine my passion for sport and my understanding of law? And then I love how you talked about like truly helping and serving others, right? Like I love, like you can really see how you just, you just have disciplined your mind to think in possibility. So I love that, brother. I just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think like, that's the most important thing, right? Like, uh, like it's like that whole idea of the growth mindset, right? Like what can you do? What are you able to teach yourself? And I think a lot of times people sell themselves short, right? In terms of what they're able to do or what they feel like they can do. And maybe they've done this a certain amount of time. So like they get comfortable in the situation and comfort's not a bad thing, but I think with comfort also comes sometimes a bit of complacency, right? And I think those are very, very different things, right? Comfort and complacency. And comfort isn't always a bad thing. Complacency can be, right? So because of that, like, are you putting yourselves in a situation just to become a better version of you, right? And I think, again, for me, I always try to like put all my cards on the table, work as hard as I can. So whether it works out or if it doesn't, if I can look back and not feel any sense of regret, I'm okay with that, right? That's like kind of how I think of things now. So 100%, like it's sometimes it's a lot easier to maybe not reach for those goals or dreams, but where we're headed now, I think life is almost too short to not want to chase those passions, right? So chase it. If it works out, that's amazing for you. You could be the person who helps the other person come by, be that bridge. If it doesn't work out, these all these lessons and transferable skills that you use to apply to your next endeavor. So always a process, but never impossible. I love your, what you shared. Reminded me of one of my favorite quotes by Nelson Mandela. I never lose, I either win or I learn. And you can tell that you have that mindset, right? You're always winning, celebrating the wins, or you're learning. You're open to learning new things. Exactly. So I'm curious, you know, what can we do to help and support you in what you're growing right now? Is, is there anything that our community can do, yeah, to help and support? Um... I guess watch some Elks games. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I mean, in terms of support, I think the best thing anybody could do for me at this moment, especially people who, I guess I, I won't know many of the people who are watching this, but I guess the best thing anybody can do for me is to just kind of like implement some of the things that I'm saying, but to also remember that like, it really is a process, right? And for me, and that's why throughout this whole interview, I've like emphasized on many occasions that like, you don't like come out of the womb and like you wake up one day and like you instill these like pillars in your mind to kind of move forward right to kind of get that progression like it really is a process sometimes like i was like i remember i had a friend of mine who like wanted to get back into the gym right they were in the gym they kind of were looking to me for advice and motivation and i and they wanted to go like six days a week and like i need to start going and i was like slow down you know what i mean if you want to make it a consistent habit you can't like burn yourself out, right? It's consistency over intensity. So because of that, it's like, you know what? Just get there. You know what I mean? Go to the gym, go there for 15 minutes on Monday, uh, walk on the treadmill, just get there. Once you feel like leaving, leave. You know what I mean? But just try to start building those habits, building those habits, building those habits. 
So in a month down the line, you go into the gym for 45 minutes, four days a week is not a big deal to you, right? And I think seeing that progression in my friend kind of gave me the fulfillment. So if anybody wants to do anything for me, find that thing that you've been working towards, whatever it is, right? In whatever realm, whether it's the gym, whether it's sport, whether it's education, whether it's in the professional world, whether it's in the community, whether it's in your personal life, whatever it is, find that thing that you kind of have been putting off in a sense, and you kind of know what's something you want to work towards and just start putting some action steps together to get there, right? And those don't have to be sprints, right? You can crawl, you can walk, you can jog. It doesn't necessarily have to be a sprint, but just find a way to get there. If this conversation helps anybody do that, then you would have done a whole lot for me. I love that. I love that reminder, consistency. It's come up a lot of time, consistency, perseverance, right? Confidence. I love it, brother. Uh, Chris, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you. Uh, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the man you are, right? Uh, The great son you are, the great teammate, you know, the great, really, mentor, right? Uh, But more importantly, the amazing human being you are, Chris. The one thing I've really come to appreciate and what's really resonating from our conversation is just this, this energy and enthusiasm you have about life. Like, you can tell that you bring so much joy and, and, and peace and you, and you do your best to live that way. So I, I just really want to acknowledge you for that because really that allows you to shine your light in this world, which is shining the light on others. So again, I, I just want to acknowledge you for that, brother. Thank you, JT. I appreciate that. And I think I can say almost the same thing for you. Although we've never actually met in person, it seems like all of our interactions have been like very, very positive, like right from yeah. the job so much so that like, you'll like reply to like what like you said you're talking about the Raptors earlier but every time I see like JT replied I know it's something positive I'll be like, <laughs> if, if I was if, if I was lacking in positivity before I already know when I see this I'm good to go it's the blessing of this so I think what you're doing not only with this podcast but even like you reply to it's, it might seem like a small thing to you but mm-hmm. I think sometimes people get a lot out of it right so Mm-hmm. As much as like, I definitely appreciate your acknowledgement. It's something that I definitely hold dear. I also would say the same to you in terms of what you're doing, not only here, but just in the social media world in general, whatever, and whatever else you're doing off, offline, uh, it's definitely making an impact. So definitely keep doing what you're doing and keep up the positivity. Thanks, brother. And I, I'm going to take a moment to receive that. I know that's something I need to practice. Uh, thank you, Chris. I, I received that in my heart, brother. So here is my reminder to you, and I remind this to everyone every week in the huddle. Knowledge is potential power. It's the consistent and focused application of great knowledge that actually creates great results. Chris dropped so many valuable nuggets of wisdom that not only apply to sport, but in the game of life. So my challenge to you is to go take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom and go apply it to your life today. And as I remind you every week in the huddle, you are deserving of greatness. You are worthy of greatness. You are greatness. So what I would encourage you to do is if this conversation resonated with you, Go share it with someone in your life that needs to hear this message. Because the more people that we have shining bright, the more they can shine their light on others. And just imagine what's possible when we have 
everyone shining their light on everyone else. I look forward to chat with you next time in the huddle. Have a blessed rest of your day.